The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah. You're listening to the Knuckle Drags Extravaganza and Caves Well of Music. It's Matt here with another interview, a band that I've been playing quite a few tracks from their brand new record and actually found out about them from friend of the show. And I think they're a friend of these guys as well. Uh, Malignant Aura put me on to Mammon's Throne. Their brand new record, Mammon's Throne, is coming out. I don't think they hit the Black Sabbath trilogy of name, band and song. We'll find out a little bit more. Amish and Matt joining us from the band. How are we today, gents? Yeah, great. How are you going? Thanks for having us. No worries. I'm uh, I'm very excited to be having a chat to you. Now, I realized something there as I was doing the introduction. You guys missed out by one part from doing the Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath trilogy. I think we've, we've, we've done the Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath trilogy thing, haven't we? Oh, I have you have to enlighten me. I'm a bit slow. Oh, it is, it is spot on, but there is parentheses there. So the Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath is obviously uh, name of the band, oh, name yeah, of yeah. the record, and name song, song on the record. You guys have. Oh yeah, we had to go add that stupid parentheses yeah. thing. Otherwise, it would have been perfect. <laughs> We've got a song called Mammon's Throne on the album Mammon's Throne by Mammon's Throne, so <laughs> I reckon we've ticked that box. I yeah, think I we second guessed ourselves and put that little bit in the end just to like make it not so uh, <laughs> not so samey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, there we go. So you guys, the a set of parentheses away from hitting that trilogy. Yeah, now yeah. we did want to talk a bit about that record there it's just come out um i've been reading a few reviews i think you guys got some good heads up from decibel and heavy mag i'm sure as well from your perspective how have you guys seen the response to the record so far yeah it's been pretty pretty cool reading the reviews um like a lot of them pick up all the things we were trying to go for and that's awesome to see obviously there's some that we're just like we have no idea where you got that from, but like, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, they've all been pretty positive. So it's great to read. Um, a lot of people noting the My Dying Bride and the Paradise Lost early peaceful influences on the album, which is definitely something we were drawing from. And if you are gonna pull from if you are gonna pull sounds from Doom's past, My Dying Bride are a fantastic touchstone to use. Uh man of fine taste, I see. <laughs> and Amish, have you uh, have you found the the reviews for the record so far? Is it? Um, and Matt mentioned there that you're finding people picking up the specific ideas that you're putting forward. Yeah, it's been pretty humbling because, like, with the last album, we didn't really do any PR because we like launched it in the midst of COVID. So, like, there was a few independent reviews, but like seeing some of the bigger magazines review this album that was pretty humbling and they had like a lot of nice things to say um there were a few like interesting takes on some of the songs where i think we had this one comment where they were like oh that one of the like the harmonies that i play first and foremost like everyone thought that johnny played on the album but he didn't so that was kind of funny as well because like there was uh, quite a few reviews saying the chemistry between guitar players was 
really awesome. And I was just like, oh, it was just me playing with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one knows your style better than yourself. So I suppose in that case, yeah, chemistry is on point. I guess. But that that also like was like reassuring to hear as well, because like it just means that like whatever I played and doubled up on or played harmonies are too worked so that was nice to hear and there was another interesting comment where someone was just like uh when the guitar players stepped on their harmonizer pedals and it's like that's the first i haven't heard that before so you harmonized so well people thought you were uh taking a bit of a shortcut through the pedal well i guess if you want to you know see it that way this playing is so on point he's almost robotic (laughs) (laughs) Um, did those kind of takes and reviews give you guys uh, an outside perspective looking in? Because obviously this is a record that you guys have been working on for quite some time. Um, you can get to the point when you're releasing music and working on it that you have such a solid idea. Did you find reading what people had written about it go, oh, yeah, I can see where they're coming from with that? Yeah, I mean, by the time we released the album, I already hated all the songs. I heard them so much, and I, I was convinced they were all absolute bullshit. That the is the most musician it. comment I've uh, ever gotten, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah, it was great to get an outside perspective, and there was nothing too harsh that I couldn't see uh, see the point in or anything like that. So, And yeah. how... Oh, so go ahead. Like, um... Just even, like, things that we didn't think of, like someone compared some of the riffs to, like, Celtic Frost riffs, and that's something oh, class. until I listened back to the songs. It was like, oh, I, I can I can hear that in that riff. So that was kind of cool to, like, have, like, third-party perspective on something like that. And from going, um, from your previous record, Forward Unto Flame, until this release here, you guys switched up record labels as well. So you went from Black Farm to Brilliant Emperor. What was the process about swapping between the two? Yes, I think there was quite a stylistic shift between the two albums. Like we brought in a lot more influences from the uh, Death Doom side, some black metal, that kind of thing. So, I mean... Black Farm Records has an awesome catalogue, but obviously it's very rooted in the um, Stoner Doom side of things. So we thought um, with the new sound, um, getting on a label that has a catalogue that pulls from all those influences would be great. And um, we met Pete personally before and, yeah, we hit it off. So it seemed like a good choice. Um, Don't know. Amish has anything to add to that? No, you, you pretty much like hit the nail on the head with that. Um, it was mainly the stylistic shift that influenced our decision to go with Brilliant Emperor. And we kind of wanted to go with someone local as well, considering that, um, you know, with the vinyl delays and um, pressing delays and all that stuff, we thought it might be easier to coordinate like the launch with someone um, closer to home, which is why we went with someone within Australia. That was another decision. And then Pete offered us a really good deal as well. Which we yeah, can and he's been a huge gun. He's like a designer extraordinaire, so he's handled all the layouts of everything and taken the work off us. So we've got a really solid product coming. Um, unfortunately, the vinyls have been delayed a bit, but they should be in people's hands soon. And you'll see that like he's done a stellar job in putting together the whole packaging and everything for the record. I want to talk about the um, sorry, I'm, but I do want to talk about the stylistic 
shift a little bit later on, but how bad has the vinyl delays been? I know that um, through speaking through to an, a few other bands like Vazor and Malignant Aura that bands of your size that put out things through uh, smaller labels often get pushed to the side for, you know, say, take this for example, if people wanted vinyl for the new Barbie movie that's coming out, that's going to take prece- precedent over a Mammon's Throne record. Yeah, well, I think we got lucky with the timing of when our record came out because um, we got it pressed through Zenith, which is here in Australia. Um, and so that's not, you're not really going to be in the queue with the Barbie movie soundtracks. So that's it's <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to have a bang of a soundtrack though. Um, but yeah, so um, I think the the delays, it's only about a month or a month, two months. So in the scheme of things, it's not huge. Yeah, it was mainly just like the, the covers and stuff that really added to the delay um, that was being... I think it was pressed elsewhere and we just had to swap the plant where they're being pressed at. That was like what added to everything. And like Pete did have a cue, I think, but like the actual vinyl that was pressed in as Zenith, that's been ready for a while. It's just getting the jackets and stuff ready. It's taking time. It's all the beautiful packaging that goes around the vinyl, which is taking a bit more time. Yeah. yeah, we wanted a finished product. We didn't want to half-ass it. Like we wanted like the, the insert and the poster and everything to like look good. So and Pete's like pretty like specific about like the way things look and stuff. And he if it wasn't like up to his standard, he didn't want to like release anything. So that's why he's he's just doing it um properly. Yeah, unfortunately he got dicked around a bit with the whoever he was originally using. So that's why there's been a delay. Yeah. Going back to those stylistic uh, changes from Forward Unto Flame to this new record, you mentioned that when you moved from Black Farm to Brilliant Emperor, you sort of moved away from the stoner doom into more of the death doom side of things. What brought about those changes? Was it a reflection of the music that you were listening to at the time? Was it an idea that you guys had for Mammon's Throne moving forward? Talk us through that process of the stylistic change. Um, I guess it's just um, more in line with what I listen to mostly. So I love a bit of Stoner Doom, but my passion is really in the Death Doom side of things. And when we started the band, we kind of just thought it would be a fun project um at the beginning and all the songs we wrote came about really quickly like most of the songs poured onto flame were written within the first two months of things um and as we've like grown and become more comfortable as a unit we started bringing in more and more of our personal influences into the mix and it just turns out that we write things a bit heavier now um Amish loves his black metal riffs, and so do I. Um, I contribute a bunch of riffs for the band as well. Um, Yeah, Amish, take it away. I I think it's just like there were bits of what we kind of wanted to do on Forward Under Flame, like on the song Wither, that that sort of had like a bit of Death Doom on it and Funeral Doom influences um, and like the spectre that lies within that had a bit of Death Doom in, in, in that as well. And I think we kind of liked what we did on songs like that and decided to expand on it. And like Matthew said, I come from like a death metal and black metal background. 
Um, Sam, who plays bass, also like comes from sort of a death metal background as well. And like Matthew said, it's just based on what we like listening to, um, like bands like Spectral Voice um, and like the the European de- the doom scene are bands that we tend to really like as well. And we kind of wanted to do something slightly different to what other people, well, we'd like to think we're doing something different. But at the end of the day, we're just like playing music that we like to hear. Or like if we heard a song, it's just like the riffs that we want to hear in a song that we've sort of channeled into this album. I don't think it was like, a conscious thing where we decided to be like, oh, let's leave the stoner stuff behind and then do this. It's no, and, and there's still elements of it in there. I'm, I'd say a big strength for the band is to be able to organically blend between different genres. And like, if we write a song that has a big stoner element, um, we'll be able to weave it in with the death doom and the black metal. That's kind of what we do. We just pull from all over the place, try to keep it simple, make it su- gel together organically. For me, when I listen to bands that blend things really well, one of the standout features and the thing that kind of indicates how well it's pulled off is how versatile the vocals are. There was a track towards the end of the record, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but the vocals are a lot cleaner, whereas on the earlier ones, they are a lot harsher. However, both of them still sound like Mammon's Throne, if that makes sense. Like they're both sonically the same even yeah. though the vocal styles it's, are different. It's good to hear because I do worry. My biggest worry is that we write stuff that's kind of all over the place and you don't know what Mammon's Throne is, so it's good to hear that you pick up on a common thread between all the songs. And, yeah, I like um, tossing in a diverse range of vocals. I wouldn't want to just be a a vocalist that only screams nothing not that there's anything wrong with that at all but just personally i enjoy mixing up the vocal styles and showing off a bit of a wide array of of styles yeah and i think doom is a very good genre and death doom especially is a genre where you can not so much get away with it more but you would hear a lot more switching between the two styles whereas if you go sort of those classic doom bands um a lot more clean singing you go to the classic death metal bands i don't think i've heard clean vocals on a death metal record and if there is one i've just outed myself as an idiot uh it's usually some ominous chanting thrown in (laughs) that's more than what it is (laughs) yeah i think doom as a genre has like it's got a lot of space to breathe. That's why I really like it. It's not moving a million miles an hour. You can take your time and um, blend between different ideas. It's the length of the songs that really allow for that. Um, and also, like, sonically, it's quite a, a large and expansive sounding genre in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, like, if you take bands like Sleep and bands like My Dying Bride, like, they're both but so different on the topic of sleep you guys were picked on the uh weedy and trip to australia compilation for the last record that you did one of the tracks off that got picked how did that come about did the guys from weedy and approach you what was the um what was the story behind that uh we didn't approach us for that one like he he used to share our stuff he still does share our stuff i think he shared like the new album um and he just like 
uh, approached us and asked whether we'd like to be featured. And I did the write-up for the compilation as well, which was um, quite humbling. Um, and there's like a ton of good bands on there. So we were like, really there's like 62 uh, tracks on that thing. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But it's just like a testament to how cool our scene is. There's, and like, there's so many different sounding bands on there as well on, on that roster that he's um, featured. And I, that's what I kind of like about the Aussie scene is um, the audiences are pretty eclectic and the sound in the bands is pretty eclectic. Like people aren't too worried if bands don't sound exactly within the genre and fit a specific archetype. Like you can go to a gig with some more psychedelic bands, some real stoner bands, some heavier bands, and everyone just has a good time. Yeah. It's a really good reflection. The last gig that I got out, the last heavy show that I got out to um, was a bit earlier on in the year at Rosie's in Brisbane. And I think Christ Dismembered headlined and it had Alters, Malignant Aura, Woe Warden, and I want to say either Idle Ruin or Pustulence. And even in that little sample size, there's a massive amount of difference between the bands. You've got some, you know, uh dsbm malignant aura uh similar to you guys in the, yeah, the death doom band. style um, um they played with us at our album launch oh they're fantastic dudes i've got a lot of time for them yeah chris is a legend um where was i going with this one here i was i had a thread that i wanted to pick out yes the aussie scene um you guys mentioned the album launch there and you've been expanding your radius of shows for because for quite some time uh you'd not really played outside the melbourne area what are some of your favorite uh, aussie bands that you've played with oh, uh, so um <laughs> Well, like Malignanora, that they've been awesome to play with, and especially like on our album launch, Ghost Smoker and Carl. They're two bands that we really like. So yeah, had... I saw Goat Smoker on there. That was sweet. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and uh, Carl's really cool as well. They're crushing. Um, the other bands, Ishua, but they're really sick as well, um, and they're good friends of ours. Yeah, um, they've been fun to play with. But even like the non-Doom bands, like Bastardizer, they they were really fun to play with. I know they're not Australian, but Stalker from New Zealand, they were superb to play with, and they're really, like, fun guys as well. I mean, Australia claimed Russell Crowe and Lamingtons. I mean, we can add Stalker <laughs> to the list, right? We, we, Stalker yeah, we should claim them. And I reckon they play more in Australia than New Zealand anyway, so I reckon, you know, they're Aussies by, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Honorary Aussies. Um, also, Goat Shaman, it's great to play with them. Oh, they're always a mind-bending good time. Um, Holy Serpent, one of the first Doom bands I ever saw in Australia because I only moved here in 2016. So they were it was great to play with them finally. Um, and then also Mother Slug, we played a show with them the other day. They were absolutely killer. Ocean Lord as well. They've just released an album today. They're pretty unique sounding. We played with them a whole heap of times now. Um, but they're definitely a band to check out and really good dudes and awesome to, to witness live because Pete from Motion Lot, he does like this whole light show and stuff. And then he does it for all the other bands as well. So it's like whenever you get to play with Ocean Lord, you get like the best lights and the best um, visuals. So they're, they're really cool to play and also with. you get to set off all the smoke alarms in the venue. Yeah. <laughs> and Hormagon as well. Like so we, we just got off like a regional tour with them um they're pretty sick like awesome like pummeling death metal and there's like a really cool one of my personal fav- favorites i'd say um bog monster 
Yeah, yeah, I saw you guys play at um, was it Trash Cult? Yeah, awesome venue up in Eagle Hawk. Yeah, really killer band. If you haven't checked them out already, I wanted to ask you guys about Trash Cult, but obviously there's you know the label, the store in and of itself. But I first came across them because they just got their hands on so many bizarre movies and DVDs. When you guys play there, and I think you've played there twice now. Did you pick yeah. out any movies or anything and take them back with you? Uh, unfortunately, the last time I had just come off a huge vinyl binge. So when I went there, I was like, I can't. <laughs> can't <play> <laughs> <laughs> I noticed they had like a lot of old WWE tapes and like film, like posters and stuff. And that, that sort of like picked my interest. And I was just like, oh, maybe you can buy some old tapes. But I don't have a DVD player or anything at home. So I can't, wouldn't be able to watch anything. I did notice that there was a, a few wrestling quotes that were floating around on the on the Facebook page, but I wanted to make sure that one of you was a fan before bombarding you with that. Uh, yeah, that's all Amish. Uh, and and yeah. Johnny and, and Nick as well to an extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, whenever we go like on tour, like the first thing we do is just like get into a wrestling match and oh we shouldn't be saying this on air. <laughs> Let us stay. But like, yeah, but, but we're like fully into like the like you know the like early nineties, early two thousands wrestling when it was at its peak, I think. And I always find it interesting the correlation between people who listen to heavy music and wrestling. There's this interesting Venn diagram of people that you don't really catch anywhere else. And I think it's just like the two, two the two are like you know related just because like in the 90s and stuff all the theme songs for those wrestlers were all like metal sound like like take triple h for an example um classic yeah, motorhead motorhead exactly and that's how i heard motorhead for the first time was through watching wwe when i was like eight or nine years old and it's like oh man this sounds awesome that's such a great story um as a side note i'm actually heading up to the sunny coast tomorrow um to go watch a show at aussie world which is dreadful name of a a, a place but um, <laughs> the local promotion here is running a, a their version of the royal rumble up there and i'm i'm oh, particularly yeah. excited to go watch oh, yes. <laughs> we are probably going to have a australian outlaw wrestling show coming up so stay tuned for that in july yeah what's happening in july we're playing a show with um um aussie outlaw wrestling so i think they do like oh nice stream like outdoor backyard style like um like you know violent like wrestling yeah yeah uh, no no censorship like blood everywhere broken glass it's pretty brutal to watch even if you have a strong stomach like it's 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 pretty intense so I, I didn't really know what's in store for us, but like a few other bands like Ishua and like I think Tongue Scum have played like a, um some of their gigs. And then oh, just, yeah. like, we forgot to shout out Religious Observance earlier. They played a lot of wrestling gigs and also oh, that's right. And really, awesome band too. Great really band. We music, play them quite yeah. a fair bit on the show. Yeah. Campbell gave us our first gig, so we're forever in his debt. Ah, it all comes back. Yeah. Yep. But that'd be interesting. So I'm guessing it'll be you guys set up in a field stage maybe amps who knows i don't know i i'm just pre- I, I assume like the entire band set is the stage for, for for like the the wrestlers so probably just jumping off cabinets and <laughs> the band members like you know full-on no holds barred i better start training for that one yeah <laughs> 
bringing it back to the 90s um, and one of the things off your new record, I know um, on the last record, Abhorrent Skies was a song inspired by X-Files. I'm wondering, on the new one, has uh, any other TV shows or pieces of media translated across to the songs themselves? Um, so I shamelessly stole the first line of Return Us to the Stars from Warhammer 40k. Because <laughs> I'm a huge nerd like that. That's right, dude. I am... At my little recording desk here, I'm looking at a Gundam that I built recently, so yeah. I know that feeling <laughs> so well. Um, so, otherwise, is there any other pop culture references in there? With, not with this album, I don't think, but with the, with the previous one, yeah, the, there was the X Files reference. I mean, but like, if you see, like, Return Us to the Stars is basically a continuation of. Borrowing skies in a way, so I guess that song as well. But I'm not. I'm. I. I don't know. It's not like directly linked though. Thematically, it's linked by the sounds of it. Thematically, it is. But like it, that song wasn't like. It's not based on the X Files, but it's like kind of a continuation of a song that was based on the X Files. So take it as you will. We'll have to keep our eyes out for record three and see what. Uh, see what. So we've got Warhammer 40k. We've got X Files. Who knows what's going to be up next? But the other thing that I find as well is Death Doom really like talking about aliens. Obviously, the big one in death metal at the moment is Blood Incantation, oh, but there's, there is a yeah. massive alien thread through. Don't get Amish started on Blood Incantation because this will go for about four hours. I saw them when they toured in <laughs> Brisbane. They were fantastic. Yeah, they were unreal. They are the tightest band I've ever seen live. The vo the yeah the vocalist is the only man that I've ever seen apart from Bill Bailey who can rock the skullet and it's you kind of you go it's yeah of course he's got a skullet. I think like the, the the riffs come from that skullet like that's the <laughs> like it's like Samson right oh absolutely yeah because yeah. <laughs> I was just watching the light reflect off that skullet and stuff and I think it just like absorbs all the energy in the room and just like gets translated into his guitar playing. It's it's insane to watch. And like they're a cool band as well. Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like blending different influences. Mm. The whole like synth thing, it, it kind of feels like Pink Floyd meets Morbid Angel meets like Demi Lich, that kind of thing. But like the way they like, you know, meld those influences together, it's it's beautiful. And that's kind of like we I'm personally I've taken inspiration from that. Just because like I think in this day and age there's so much repetition out there it's it's cool to sort of take things that you like even from like you know that are poles apart and then try to find a way to blend them together and come up with something original and i think blood incantations done that beautifully and that's been a source of inspiration for me at least with this album it was even production wise with all the reverb and stuff that comes from like that scene that's not a shame to like put reverb and vocals guitars and everything drums yeah. Going back to what you were saying earlier about what reviewers were picking up on, I think most of them mentioned that the album sounded like it was recorded in like a crumbling castle, and we were pretty happy to hear that because that's exactly what we wanted. Yeah, we even used drum samples that were recorded in the castle and laid them on the on Nick's real drums and like reverb from a castle as well just to like create the atmosphere. Did you have a particular castle in mind or is it the, the crumbling castle idea was sort of the main point 
Well, the album's kind of like thematically around a kingdom that's just going to ruin and it's the end of days. So and it's kingdom not a specific like, place, but it's more like a, an analogy for the world going to shit. And it reflects itself in the uh, the band's title as well. Obviously, Mammon, Demon, Throne, Demon on a Throne. You can you can see the threads being drawn there. Yeah, and Mammon's a demon of greed, so there's even more threads going on. So, like kings, obviously in positions of wealth, leading their kingdoms into ruin. There's all that kind of stuff going on with the new album. We mentioned there that you had the album launch recently. You guys played with Malignant Or and a whole bunch of other great bands. What um, shows have you got lined up for later on in the year? Obviously, you're going to be playing in a field with people with light tubes and glass and the whole shebang. Uh, But is there wider tours lined up for you guys? Um, We're in the process of planning an interstate tour because we we did one last year, I think. Um, So we're, we're trying to just, like, pick a few... But just finding time is is kind of hard at the moment because like we've got we're in the process of writing the next album, so we want to get that done. Um, we've got like a few shows that we're planning to announce soon, interstate ones. Um, I'm not going to drop any dates now just because like everything's tentative. Uh, but I reckon like one of the big shows that we have coming up is our show with Bellacore. Nice. Uh, we're playing with them and Lowell, who's an, another awesome band from Sydney that we played with ages ago. And that's one we're really, really looking forward to. Um, we are, we're opening for this, well, we're supporting this band. I'm not allowed to say it because it's meant to be a surprise. So just keep your eyes peeled. It's one of um, Anthony's bands from Your Med Bookings that he's bringing down. Um, okay. The secret show. That's all I'm allowed to say. Um, so we'll be doing one of them. Uh, yeah, Bellacore. Um, and yeah, an interstate tour for sure that we're planning on revealing very, very soon. We'll keep our eyes peeled for that one there. Yeah. And we'll definitely be playing in Brisbane again. Cause like we did Brisbane like a while back and it was awesome. Yeah. I um, think you guys played at, uh, King Lee's Throne, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was right. a lot of fun. Yeah. We, we played with Malignant Aura there as well. Um, that was the first time I checked them out. Yeah. And there was so much smoke in that room. Whoever was operating the smoke machine just like smoked out the venue and we couldn't even see anything. And it was like the best thing ever because it just felt like humidity rising up from the ground. It was so hot that day as well. Uh, It gets feral. And the other thing that I've noticed going to shows is sometimes you don't even need the smoke show with the amount of people sitting in the crowd vaping. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of that yeah like just don't even worry about the the smoke show on stage just get you know the 20 blokes in the crowd with faves they'll they'll do it for you absolutely free smoke <laughs> um so we've got a, a a few things in the works there and album three is lined up on the way uh are you thinking of doing a, a live recording on this most recent tour i know you did a, a mini ep from one of the live recordings um how long ago was that? That was a pretty cool little release, though. Was that 2021? Oh, somewhere around then. It was like during COVID, I think, because we had to sign yeah. and do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, might have even been, yeah, 2021, I think. Um, we've actually recorded the set, like our album launch uh, set. And I'm nice. mixing that at the moment because um, 
Gary, the sound guy, did a great job of like capturing everything. It's just completely raw at the moment. So I've, I've just got to mix that and we might do something with that. But like, um, yeah, we're not opposed to recording um, like performances and stuff, but like maybe a music video, that's something we've considered as well. Um, or just even like a garage style VHS type thing That's that's been on the cards as well. All right, yeah. there's a few things to keep the eyes out for. Yeah, yeah we've got a lot of ideas. It's just about finding the time and money to do them all. Yeah. Uh, that is the what well, that is the burden, isn't it? You've got all these ideas, but you need to find the time first and foremost, and then the money comes with it as well. Yeah, and just doing it properly as well. It's not something that you can just rush out and just and like pumping out content relentlessly. It isn't really our vibe. Like if we release something, we'd rather do it like properly and give give it like one hundred and ten percent. Exactly. It's like the jackets for this most recent record. You could, you know, sort of do it half-assed or you can have it done nicely. And especially with vinyls as well, because those things last, they last quite a long period of time. People are investing a decent amount of money in it. You want to make sure that what you're giving to them and what you're putting out is the best that you can do. Absolutely. And times are tough. Money's tough at the moment. Like people are spending their hard-earned dollars and and whatever you want that product to be the best it can be whether that be a vinyl or like even something like a digital release or anything like that whether it be like five bucks or like 50 bucks or anything and that's just been our like our philosophy that we've um, stood by on the topic of live shows i was going through some of the photos that you guys have from uh previous shows and i've noticed that over the last say six months to a year there's been less cloaks on stage. Uh, Where does yeah. that stem from? Is that, are you guys feeling? That's kind of just, uh, sometimes I choose to wear it, sometimes I don't. Like, I didn't see it as dressing up. Like, I come from the goth scene, so I used to just, like, dress like that. Um, and then sometimes I'd wear it for gigs. Obviously, sometimes it gets too hot. If mm. it's a cold night, I might put it on. <laughs> it wasn't I... really a conscious choice to be, like, we're not like trying to be a band like Ghost or something that has this curated image. Um, might be something to consider going forward, but that wasn't really the aim. Every time I see cloaked figures playing music, I always think of that very first Batushka album. Like that, uh, yeah. the aesthetic that they managed to create was just bar none. But yeah, okay, so it was more. Uh, uh, um, uh, whether you felt like wearing it on the yeah. night. And I've got um, my co-host goes to the Renaissance Fair. Close friends of mine are really into LARP, so I, I see a lot of cloaks about. Yeah, so I sometimes I just feel like wearing it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> yes, it's the simple answer. I don't know how people do it, honestly, just because it gets so bloody warm on stage. Like, I couldn't do it. Like, I wore my leather jacket once, and I was regretting that. And, like, I'm not going to pull them all the way back because I'm, like, bathed in sweat. I don't know how Matthew does it. Um, but, yeah, kudos to anyone who can rock a cloak on stage. Yeah, we should book some gigs about now, but the cloak would definitely come out. It's fucking freezing. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it would be like it was even it was like six degrees here in Brisbane this morning. Now, I know that doesn't sound like uh, anything too cold, but for a, a city that regularly hits, you know, 35 to 38 plus, I was sort of going, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, right. 
Gents, that's everything that I had uh, lined up to ask you this evening. Uh, was there anything that I missed that you guys wanted to chat about or bring it up at all? No, that, that was great. But I feel like yeah, we awesome. covered a lot of ground. And thanks for having us on, on the podcast and the program. You're more than welcome. Um, so before we finish up, uh, I'll get you guys to point people to where they can reach you, where they can find your music, and where they can keep up to date with everything in the world of Mammon's Throne. Yes, yeah, sweet. So we've got um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can stream album on Spotify if you prefer to buy it on Bandcamp, which is always greatly appreciated. It's up over there. Um, you can also order the album through Brilliant Emperor on vinyl. Um, and he's also got the merch up. Um, he's doing international purchases through his Hammer of Exile store. So if you live in the EU or US, it'd be better to order from there for the shipping, saving on shipping costs, which are pretty extreme at the moment. Oh, um, aren't they just? Yeah. Uh, fun fact, we got charged $36 by Ozpost to post one patch to Germany. That's more than what the yeah. patch would cost. Yeah, we lost that's around $25. On that. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> but at least uh, we'll get the exposure on someone's battle vest in Europe. Yeah. So, Or it will just live forever in someone's bedroom or bookshelf. Yeah. That's the worst. One thing that I did... This is something I always like asking heavy bands because I remember getting into a conversation with the guys from Malachite about it. Um, what is preferable or what's better, a battle jacket or a battle vest? And is there a difference between the two? I reckon a battle trench coat is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> the more real estate, the better. Else to shame. Well, Matt, maybe this is something you can do, have a battle cloak. Yeah, I mean, I'd be ripping off Rob Halford from Jesus Priest, but, I mean, if you're going to rip someone off, like, who better? Yeah, but he doesn't have a cloak, though. He's only got a trench coat, so, like, you've uh, got a hood on. You can and put patches on the hood as well. There you go. Have, like, Which, a back patch. I was about to say, keep your eyes peeled. I think the uh, I think the cloak's right. coming back in a big way. We're on to something here. Yeah, I don't know if I left anything out, but I think those are all the ways you can reach us. Um, or come to a gig and get a yeah. shirt off us and have a drink with us. <laughs> <laughs>